Hey homies, it's Michelle Bennett, graphic designer, turn marketer, turn interior decorator, and apparently now podcast host. That's right, peeps. I selfishly started a podcast so that I would have an excuse to pick the brains of designers, decorators, and industry experts so that I can get to the next level. And the best part is you guys are coming with me. All right, guys, I'm here today with Alicia Sass of Harrison Faye Design, uh, who is a Toronto-based designer. So this is now my third interview with a Toronto-based designer. Thank you so much for being here, Alicia. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So it's so funny because when I, bear, like, when I first launched my business, you found me on Instagram and invited me to like a design chat that you hosted Yes. And I remember feeling so freaking intimidated. I was like, I'm going to go. <laughs> I don't know how she found me, but this is amazing. And um, I was just so happy that you even invited me. So that's actually how I met Alicia was uh, she hosted kind of like a little event. And then um, it was the IDS, right? The IDS that you had a, yes. a booth. Or, yeah. So, yeah. You, so tell everybody your backstory and then we'll talk a little bit about that booth as well yeah so um backstory I mean I, I started my company uh three years ago and before that I worked um for about 10 years for another firm um and I pretty much came right out of school and, and worked there all the way through like I just kind of fell into something that I loved um I found in school that everyone said not to do residential design because um, it's a little bit harder to get yourself known and get into the industry. And luckily I just found a firm that was a high-end residential firm and they did a little bit more architectural, which, which I love. I love doing AutoCAD. I love doing architectural plans. I love kind of playing around with space planning. Um, so I got into that right away, which was great. Um, and I stayed there for 10 years, like I said, and, and just kind of learned everything that I could learn. And, I just wanted to know every process of the business. I wanted to have my own clients. I wanted to just be out there doing my own thing. Um, and then after about 10 years, uh, I just decided to kind of do my own thing and, and see what, what I could kind of create and, and kind of like a challenge for myself, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So I feel much better about my life knowing that you at least have like, you're, you're basically 13 years into working in this business. So because for those of you listening who maybe aren't familiar with Harrison Faye Design, you are freaking killing it for being oh. in business. And and it's funny. Well, thank today, you. <laughs> today on my Instagram, I posted that um, you know it's International Women's Day. Happy yes. International Women's Day to you. Shout out to all the women. <laughs> I, I kind of admitted that I'm very guilty of of jealousy and and most often jealousy in relation to other women. So I'm not going to lie. I've been following you and sometimes I see what you're doing and I'm kind of full of jealousy, but, oh. it, but I know that, you know, it's, it just means that you're doing what I wish I was doing and, and it helps me kind of strive for more. But can you tell everybody, okay, I'm very curious. What did your, like, if you go back to three years ago, what did your business first look like? Did you, I know you actually have an office. You're not working from a home office like a lot mm -hmm. of people who would be three years in business. So were you immediately in an office space when you first launched? 
No. So, um, so I worked out of my, at that time, um, my fiance and I had a condo and, um, I just was working out of the condo. So part of like the reason that I started my own company was, um, I really find like the workplace is changing and, and you can work from anywhere now and we can be paperless and we can, you know, be on our cell phones. So, I love working from home. Like I found that I was so much more productive, but in the office that I was in, that maybe wasn't really an option. So I just wanted to work from home. I wanted to like stay in my track pants all day and just do (laughs) AutoCAD and just be chill. And I remember one of my goals was like to go to the grocery store at 3 p.m. and not at 5 when everyone else is there and it's crazy (laughs) and all the food's picked over. So like... I wanted to kind of create my own schedule and I wanted to do my own thing. And I just kind of, I always said like, I just wanted to be by myself and design cool stuff. And that was what I was looking forward to. But I mean, I, I made the decision to leave my other job in December. Um, and I quit January 5th or something like that. And so it was a very quick decision and it was, it was something I had kind of been thinking about, but I just, wanted to do it all of a sudden and I just did it. So in the the three weeks that I took to like I gave my notice, I I helped wrap everything up that I was doing. Um in that three weeks, I guess word kind of started to get out that I I was leaving. And I had a couple of people um who contacted me through Facebook and through other other, you know, places on the internet, Instagram, whatever. Um, people who were just in the industry that um, were maybe suppliers were maybe, you know, things like that, that were like, hey, I have this small job that can you just help me with this? Can you just help me with this? I can't believe you're leaving. I need you to do this. I need you to do this. So it was just interesting the people who, who reached out to me. And I think that just came from 10 years of, of, of dealing yeah. with people. Like they they knew me and, and they knew my work ethic. So um so my very first day, like I remember my last day at my job was on a Friday and on the Monday, I actually had a full day of meetings set up. <laughs> and I remember my fiance, he, he like wakes up in the morning. He's like, can you take my dry cleaning to the dry cleaner today? And I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> I have a full day of meetings. And it just kind of like went from there. And it's just, it's literally been busy ever since. And so I worked out of the condo for... Um, I think about eight months until I had to hire someone. And the reason I had to hire someone is because I had a couple of connections with a, a couple of good builders that I had reached out to that I wanted to work with for a couple of years. Okay. And um, they gave me a couple of houses and it was, they were quite large. So I needed someone that could just help me like get drawings done. That could just help going out to pick up samples, stuff like that. So I hired uh, my first employee who's still with me now. And she worked with me at my kitchen table at our little tiny condo. <laughs> and um, yeah, when we, when we had to make our next hire, like that's when I had to decide to, to move and, and get an office because um, we wouldn't all fit in my condo anymore. <laughs> so right. I had to And I mean, that must have been scary. Well, number one, it must have been scary to hire your first employee because, you know, you're eight months into your business and it seems like probably in your mind, you're thinking like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. How did you, how did you pull the trigger without, you know, those crazy feelings of indecision? Like, should I, shouldn't I, how did you push through that? Or was it just a really easy decision for you? Uh, No, it was definitely really hard because like you said, like you just don't know, like, you know, you have a couple of jobs coming in now, but in two months, what's going to happen. So 
Um, it was definitely really hard. I probably, I do this with all my hires. I think I wait way too long. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's like at the moment when you're super busy and you're going crazy and you just like need someone. Um, so I've stopped doing that. I, I do a little bit more preemptive hiring now, but at the time, yeah, I just pushed it and pushed it. Cause I just thought, okay, I'm only eight months in business. I, I can't be this busy or, or, you know, you go through like the self doubt talk of, well, I should just be doing more and I should just be able to do all of this. And people are just busy and entrepreneurs are busy. Um, but it's, uh, it's definitely something where I'm glad I did it. And, and you need to do it. Like if you're, if you're overrun and you're just burnt out and then you're only eight months in, like you need help. So um, it was like the best decision, but it wasn't easy. That's for sure. And also not having an office and stuff. I'm like, who wants to work for me? I work at my kitchen table. Like who's going <laughs> to come here every day. <laughs> so it was, uh, and then there's also like, you know, juggling working from home is, you know, I, I did have a fiance and I do have a dog and like, you know, if you're bringing someone into your, your home yeah. um, and you know, if, if, you know, the dog hasn't been walked yet and my fiance is out walking him and then going to work, it's, it's a little bit chaotic. So yeah. um, it, it was not easy for like all of those reasons. It seemed a little chaotic, but I'm, I'm glad that I did it. And, and if you're busy, just, you just have to do it or else you're not going to grow. Right. So, I mean, I, I finally hired an assistant uh, per, very part-time, but she's since had a baby. But now it's kind of given me the opportunity because I, I worked with her, I don't know, probably like sometime last year, probably about three months. And then mm-hmm. periodically I, I'd been working with like, you know, I'd get help on installation day here or there. But yeah. um, having worked with her and then now she's going on my leaf, it's, I feel like it's a good thing because it's given me the opportunity to step back and go, okay, here's what was working. Here's maybe not what wasn't working. And then just trying to sit back and identify specifically what that role needs to be. So that yeah. next time I can really just say like, here's the role. Are you down with like being the person that does some of this stuff? Like, you know, returning things. Cause that's where yes. I feel like I need the most help at this point for me. Yeah, it's like the running around. <laughs> yeah. And so where did you actually find and like where is your office and how did you find that? Yeah, so so actually we ended up um so we were like I said in a condo and at that time we I was looking around for office space. I went to probably five different offices. They were like horrible. They were way too expensive. <laughs> the one didn't even have like a bathroom in the same building. You had to like go outside and across the courtyard to a bathroom. Like it was so weird. So, um, I just juggled like how much we were paying for the condo and how much rent would be. And we made the decision to move actually to a house, um, that the main floor, uh, it wasn't separate from the rest of the house, but the main floor had a really cool like front room that had like, um, double doors into it that could really be an office space. And then, um, upstairs was kind of where we could live. So, we made the decision to move there because it was actually cheaper than renting an office and having a condo. Um, so yeah, we did that. And then we were able to have three people here. So when I made the, the second hire and when there was three of us, we were here for a while. Um, and then it just got to a point where we were obviously just like growing and we were getting too big to, for me to have a home office. Like we needed somewhere to have meetings. Um, we needed sample storage. We needed all that kind of stuff. We had sales reps coming over all the time to drop stuff off. And, and it just became like, it needed to get separated. It was, it was not working anymore having kind of a home office. So, um, I ended up stumbling across 
an office that's actually just a five minute walk from my house when I was walking the dog one day and I just called and um, they said, yeah, come on over and see it. And so that's, that's how we got our office. That is amazing. And where is that in the city? Yeah. So we're um, just by Trinity Bellwoods Park. So i um, kind of in the Queen West area. Amazing. That's, yeah. that's incredible. Congratulations. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, it's funny because, you know, you, it's, it's like this little, it's like in the basement of a building, like we have a nice big window and stuff, but it's like, I always say we're in the little like sprinkler room of, of an office building. So it sounds glamorous, but you know, we're, we're not like this crazy big office. <laughs> it's like this tiny little sprinkler room. <laughs> right. But still, I mean, you're three years in your business and you have an office that's not a room in your home. So yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So if you think back to the 10 years you were at that firm, are you able to share what firm that was? Yeah, that was, um, at the time it was called Carrie Mudford interior design. So CMID. Okay. I, I follow them on Instagram. So <laughs> um, what, what do you find, what was the biggest things that you learned? Okay. What was the biggest thing you learned while working there? And was there anything that you saw happening that you thought, okay, well, when I have my own business, I'm going to make sure I do this better than not to, not to totally, not, this mm-hmm. is not to call out that firm in any way, but yeah. I mean, obviously learn lots of things from, you know, places that we work. So curious yeah. what your biggest learnings were. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, my, definitely my biggest learning was just, um, dealing with people and dealing with the clients. So, because I was very like hands-on there and I, I had kind of my own clients um, over the 10 years, um, I think that's my biggest takeaway is, is learning how to deal with those people. And not only the people, but our, our industry is sometimes a lot of like the problems that come up and how we handle them. So yeah. I think I had really good um, teachings there of like when something comes up, how to handle it, how to speak to the client and how to, how to come up with a solution and, and move on. So I think that was, that was really good. Um, I think for me, I wanted more. So I, I want eventually to have like an accessory line. I want to have um, a storefront. I want just maybe just something a little bit bigger. Um, so I think that would be kind of a, te- a takeaway from that. And um and the other thing that I, I found really interesting is I find the whole like tech model really interesting and how people work in the tech industry because right. they literally just like have it figured out. <laughs> like their employees yeah. are happy, their workplaces are awesome, they have like amazing perks. And I really kind of wanted to like try that as a business model for myself. And that's what I say, like I wanted to go to the grocery store at 3 p.m., you know, yeah. but I would work till then 8 p.m., you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just find that, that whole side of it, like super interesting and, and how much happier people are at work due to that model. And I think it's just really cool that we live in a a world that we can do that now. And I totally give my employees that, that freedom too. Like, I'm like, Hey, if you guys are, you know, feeling burnt out and you want to take a Friday off, then I know you, I know you guys, and I know you're going to make up the time another time, or you're just going to take it as a vacation day. Like I know that everyone's very honest and and I don't need to babysit anyone. And I just like love having that, that kind of model and using that in my own business. That's, that's wicked. And how do you feel, do you find that you're working like around the clock? Like, cause I mean, obviously as business owners, we're not just designing, there's so many other things to do. Yeah. <laughs> how do you find the juggle of all that? 
Oh, that's like the fun, the fun juggle. <laughs> um, and I say that with, with, uh, you know, the, um, Sarcasm. the strongest, the strongest heart, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I say to my uh, employees all the time, I'm like, this is like, you know, I'm a banker. I am a marketer. I am a manager designer. I am a marriage counselor. I, am, you know, like it, there's everything involved there. So, um, I think like the key thing for me is this year. So every year I do like a goal for the company. So I have uh, every three months I check in with all of my employees and we have check-ins and we chat about how they're feeling and what work they're liking to do and in what position in the company they want to be in. And um, also once a year I sit down with them and I tell them like, you know, I, I have this review with them and they get to tell me all their stuff, but I sit down with them and have a review where I get to tell them all my stuff. So, um, I tell them how I'm feeling. I tell them how the company's doing. We discuss numbers. I tell them like how well we're doing. I tell them, you know, if we're not doing well, um, and what we need to improve on. And every year we have a a goal. So this year, the goal was delegation, Mm -hmm. which is, I can no longer like just go to every meeting with you guys and be teaching you guys constantly. Um, we're not going to grow unless like I can only take on so much. So after that, we're not going to grow. Um, so we need to each have so much that we take on. And because my role is more of the banking and of all the, you know, stuff like that, sometimes it's less design. So I need people on my team that are more senior that know how to design, know how to deal with people. And, um, yeah, so that was kind of like our discussion this year. And and that's the only way I think to like, not let that all get overwhelming and try and do the design and try and do the the banking and try and do the marketing. It's like, you kind of have to delegate that off to people or else, or else it's just not going to grow, you know? Absolutely. And what, what are some of the key tools that you use in your business? Like, what do you guys use for purchasing and like client communication? Do you have any, any specific like software that you really love to help keep you organized? Um, so, well, we, we build everything on FreshBooks, so that keeps us pretty organized. And I know there's a few people who have told me, like, that only gets you so far until you grow so much and then you need to change. But so far, it's been great for us. Um, and then we developed... So I've looked into a lot of companies like Design Docs, and I think there's one called Ivy, which I think is really cool. But um, because we do more architectural and more millwork drawings and electrical drawings and stuff... We don't do a whole lot of, uh, well, we do a lot of decorating, but it's kind of like the second part of our business. Right. So a lot of those softwares are, are to track like purchases and decorating and stuff like that, I find. So yeah. um, we actually came up with like our own software and I did it all in Excel um, to keep all of our clients on budget. So there's everything from furniture to shower door hardware to cabinet hardware to millwork pricing, like everything goes into this budget sheet. Yeah. And, um, and then our, our clients always are on top of like what they're spending and, and we have kind of the starting budget, what we actually spent and whether they went over or were under, because oftentimes, <laughs> as I'm sure, you know, like we get blamed if we go over, but yeah. a lot of time it's the client saying, well, I want this because it's only an extra this, or I want this and it's only an extra this. And at the end, it's like all those extras add up. So we can really show our clients like there's, here's where we started here's what we actually selected and here's what we ended at, whether it's over or under, at least they know exactly what it was. And most of the time they'll see on there, oh yeah, it's that faucet I picked that was an extra 500 and it was that that I picked and I wanted all marble in my bathroom. So, right. <laughs> so that's kind of how we, we track everything is, is uh, we have our own kind of in-house Excel charts that, that we keep everything on. 
Amazing. So what does your client process look like then from like, okay, somebody contacts you as a lead all the way through to they become a client? Um, yeah, so I guess most of us, most of our um, work is referral. So it would be kind of maybe an old client that's like, hey, I have a friend who's doing a kitchen reno. Do you mind if I pass your name along? Um, and then basically they just, yeah, they contact us. And um, I am typically the person that goes out to all of the new meetings. Um, and I just, yeah, basically uh, set up a consultation with them. We do charge a consultation fee. And we go out, we meet with them. And then if they want to go ahead with us, we do actually credit that fee back to them. Mm -hmm. um, if it's, you know, a, a substantial job. And um, then from there, yeah, we just do up a proposal. We charge hourly. So on that proposal, we tell you exactly what everything's going to be and what you can expect. And then um, if they sign on with us, then we just kind of start. So, yeah. And like before you book a consultation, I assume like there's a call that takes place where you actually vet because I'm sure you, maybe you don't, but do you ever get leads that are maybe just not in the right budget or not realistic um, and you need to vet them out beforehand? Yeah. Um, I find that a lot of that comes through our website because um, a lot of people follow us on Instagram and stuff like that. So a lot of it will come through our website and might be a, something that we're just not able to take on or, or a smaller job, or maybe we just don't have time. And so that kind of stuff for sure have to have a call with, I, I jump on a call immediately, chat with them about their budget, chat with them about what they want done and then let them know if, if we can take it on or not. Um, the, a lot of the stuff that comes through referral, I would definitely do the same thing and have a phone call, but usually it's like they already know like their friend or whoever they're coming through would already have told them like what our fees are and how much approximately we would be and how we work. So a lot of the times like the referral is, is the best thing because they kind of already know you and you already know it's a pretty legitimate job coming through. Right. And okay. So you were saying you bill, you bill hourly, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So, and then you send them a proposal. Um, when you, in your proposal, are you saying we estimate the number of hours is a hundred, like, I'm just making up numbers now, like yes. 60 yeah. hours. And, and what is your hourly rate? Yeah. So we, um, we charge 195 an hour and, um, yeah, like it would just outline, you know, kind of millwork this many hours. And we always include, um, like up to two revisions so mm -hmm. you know we're not just going to give you your drawings and then you know hope that you like them and move yeah. on it, there's probably going to be some revisions so but if you change those 10 times then obviously you're going to be charged by the hour for that but oh, we do include like two to three revisions in there for you so it's um it's it's all kind of built into that so the the number of hours I would tell you would include kind of those two revisions and then if we're under and you don't use those two revisions then you don't get charged for them so um, that's why I kind of do hourly. I find it's, it's fair for everyone. Got it. And, um, do you collect a retainer up front or do you, yeah. and how often do you invoice for the hour, actual hours spent? Um, so yeah, we take a, a retainer up front and usually it's, um, like a, a quarter of, of the overall, um, number. Mm -hmm. And, and then I just bill, um, monthly. So, because we use FreshBooks, you can time track on there and you can put exactly what you did. So I could say worked on kitchen drawings this many hours, worked on bathroom drawings this many hours. So then every month I just pull a report and send it to the client and that FreshBooks kind of does everything for me, thankfully. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's a kind of a detailed timesheet and it's every month. 
And, um, okay. I just lost my train of thought. Oh, do you, do you have like a minimum project fee that, of that you'll accept? Um, to be honest, I don't, I was just thinking about this the other day, actually, that we probably should implement that. Um, but you know, sometimes, sometimes it's just like a really fun project and it might be small, but like the client's super nice and they have a really cool style and yeah. it's just maybe just like a fun thing to do. And it might not be a huge job or you might not make a lot on it, but it's like kind of more of a passion project where it might be just really cool and you just want to do it. So, yeah. so I don't usually, um, kind of limit, but if, you know, if a ton of stuff's coming in, that's just maybe too small for how we're growing. Like I might have to do that, but right now we don't have that. And okay. So if you're talking to somebody on the phone and they just have like a really, it's, it's not a referral. So they have no idea what your fees are. Granted, I feel like your projects do like your Instagram and your website, I think do show that you're more high end. So I, I'm wondering mm-hmm. maybe by default that that does eliminate some people automatically, but let's mm-hmm. say, do you ever get a client that's like, Oh, I want to do my kitchen for $10,000 or whatever <laughs> that number is ridiculous. And yeah. it's just so not realistic. Uh, how do you, what do you say to the client like that on the phone? Who's got just a very unrealistic budget. That's like, just way too far below yeah. what's real. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's always it's always tough because um, sometimes they like literally just don't believe you that they can't get it done for that. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, whoever's telling you that they can, like, you're probably gonna be over budget at the end. But because yeah. Um, yeah, we're I always just tell people like we're very realistic and we just because we have these budget sheets already set in place. Um, and a lot of times this comes sometimes through decorating. Like people are like, I have $5,000 and I want to decorate all these rooms. Yeah. And so immediately like I can just plug in like couch this much, chair this much. And, you know, even using Ikea pricing, I'm like, I can't get you to where, where you want to be. Like, I don't think that it's realistic or that we could, we could help you out with that. Cause I just feel like we're going to be over budget and then you're not going to be happy and I'm not going to be happy. So it's, um, and then usually they'll actually see through that, that it isn't realistic because that's just putting it kind of right in front of them and saying, you know, even if we go to Ikea, which is, you know, you can't get much cheaper than that. I still can't do it for you for that price. So either we have to stop the budget or, or maybe you have to wait a bit and do it later or whatever the case may be. So mm-hmm. that's usually how, how I approach it. It's just very like facts and, you know, this is, this is the list. And even if I just plug in some rough numbers here, I don't think we can get there. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes people will, like if I'm talking to them and I tell them our hourly rate and I tell them about how much it will be, sometimes just on their own, they're like, yeah, that's, that's just not in my budget. Thank you very much. And, and we go about our day. So just kind of a, a couple different ways <laughs> that that happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get, sadly, I get a lot of that at this point, um, just because that's just a lot of what I get. So it's a lot yeah. of, I, I created an FAQ page where when I get a lead on my website, they automatically get an email that I just hope they click the FAQ to see. Like I created a minimum project fee just mm-hmm. to weed out people that, you know, I, I kind of realize now like the yeah, types of projects idea. that inspire me and, you know, that I feel proud mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, but yeah, I get a lot of that. So needless to say, it's been a bit of a slower year for me as far as like signing on new clients. Cause I feel either, I don't know if in your experience, since you've been in the business so long, um, is there, is there seasonality, um, you know, periods of time throughout the year that you notice is a little bit slower as far as leads are concerned? 
Yeah, I think, um, uh, especially in residential, I think there are, I mean, in commercial, at the end of the day, it's probably, you know, an office corporation that just needs to get something done and they want it done in three months and they don't care what time of the year it is. They have the money. Yeah. So, so I think, um, I think it's just a kind of a matter of, of like more in residential, I find, um, we're, we're our January to March is a little bit slow because everyone's just kind of recovering from the holidays and it's cold and no one's really doing anything. Like nothing's happening with building. Um, if someone hasn't started already. And then after that, when the weather starts to get nice, things start to happen. So like building will start to happen. So we deal a lot more with architectural, with millwork drawings, electrical drawings, stuff like that. And then um, typically August is like dead for us. Everyone's at the cottage. Everyone's spending time with their kids before they go back to school. And then September, like immediately when the kids go back to school, we get slammed with decoration and stuff. So people want the people know that if they want custom furniture, they need to order it in September. And, and so it's usually like anything after October 15th, if someone's like, I want this sofa by Christmas, I'm like, yeah, like, no, not going to happen. Um, cause I don't want to be at your house on like Christmas Eve. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so yeah, so that's kind of our, our schedule is like January to March is somewhat slow. We can get caught up on like photo shoots. We can get kind of marketing done. We can get all that kind of stuff done. And then, you know, we do, um, architectural stuff, which is busy, but not, like this crazy stress. Um, and then we take a little bit of break in August just to kind of enjoy the summer. And then September to, to the holidays is, is uh, slammed with kind of decorating and fabrics and furniture sourcing and stuff like that. So that's kind of the, the cycle I see. And then, like I said, with commercial, it's just go, go, go all year because there's really no schedule with them. <laughs> right. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better to hear you say that because it has been a bit slower for me this year anyway, which is... Yeah, kind it's of been a slow, like, couple months. For, I feel like everyone's yeah. been kind of slow, yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because in some of the Facebook groups, you get mixed. Some people are like, no, I'm slammed, and then some people are like, no, it's really slow. It just kind of depends, but um, it's been good because I f- sometimes I feel like I bite off more than I can chew, and it's allowed me to breathe a bit. Yeah, me too. I literally this week was like, it actually was kind of nice to not have a meeting every moment of every day. And I actually ate lunch for like a couple days. So (laughs) speaking of meetings every day, how do you, okay, I don't think I realized how much I would be in a car going place to place to place. How do you, how do you manage your, your schedule and your meetings on a weekly basis in order to be able to actually get at your computer and do some design work that needs to be done or, you know, juggle all of that. Do you find there, is there like a a strategy for that? Oh, I feel like my strategy, which I have not done because I'm not like at the point to do it, but I feel like I just need a personal driver (laughs) that I can just get something done in the car. But, um, but yeah, for now, <laughs> that would be amazing. You'd be like the most ballery person ever. I'm trying to think of like whether that's like a, I feel like I follow some people. I'm like, is that I feel like there's a designer that does do that, but that would be amazing. I hope you yeah. do that. Um yeah, no, I I feel like it is it is really tough. And I feel like now because my team, um, I have three employees and they also schedule, like we all have each other's calendar, and sometimes they'll schedule me in, into meetings as well. And I have to be very careful with my time because if I don't put a meeting for long enough, 
they'll schedule me for a meeting right after another one. And I'm like running from, yeah. you know, Vaughn over to Scarborough in 20 minutes trying to get there. So it can get really um, tight really quickly. And yeah, like you said, then you're out, like sometimes I leave the house at seven in the morning and cause I have one job where they can only meet at like seven 30 and then I have one job that can only meet at 6 p.m. So sometimes I leave at 7 and I don't get home till 7 or 8. And I haven't been in front of my computer all day. So I come home to like 50 emails. Yeah. Uh, but I, I find now with the team, like they're amazing. And, and I don't know like what I would do without them because they're kind of working on stuff all day while I'm out. And every Monday we have a, a morning check-in where we discuss the week and what meetings we have and what needs to get done in, just in that week. And um, they were kind of working on that while I'm out, which is which is uh, good for for me to have, to have them on on my team, or else it would be kind of impossible. <laughs> yeah. And do you actually do you bill for your drive time? I do. Yeah. And do you so, bill just at the same rate as your hourly rate? Yeah. So I used to do a half rate, but to be honest, like I say to my clients all the time, if I didn't charge for travel time, I would only bill like three hours a day. <laughs> yeah. So, Cause it's just, it's half an hour anywhere in the city and 40 minutes to an hour anywhere outside of the city. So that's time where I can't be, you know, emailing and I can't be doing other projects. So I might be able to squeeze in a few phone calls, but if I'm not in front of my AutoCAD, like I might not be able to answer any of your questions. So um, so yeah, I, I just kind of explained to people, like, if I, if I didn't do that, I, I would only bill for, you know, three hours a day and they, they kind of understand and get it. So, so yeah, you, you really don't get much pushback from that. No, no. I mean, we get pushback from clients, like, you know, it's always near the end of the project where they've maybe overspent and their builder might be a little bit over too. And, um, you know, we're kind of the first people for them to be like, Oh, like, we just don't want to pay for your travel time or we don't want you to come out to the house. But Sometimes what we do is we just do a set rate then at the end. So we'll say, look, you have this many hours left. It's going to cost you this much. Let's just do a set fee. So you don't have to worry about every time we're coming out and, you yeah. know, we want to do the project for you. So I find that helps a lot just to kind of make sure that they're at ease. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works out to be the same anyway. So we budget for that in our proposal. Like if I'm going to, if I put tile, you know, picking tiles and I put, four hours that includes my time to get there and get back. I just don't think sometimes clients understand that and they just see that travel time. Um, So sometimes I'll just say like at the end of it, this is how much I'll charge you to finish it. And usually that's what I would have charged them anyway. So it's not like, but then they just just have the ease of knowing like that's the number and they're not. Yeah. And if they need to call us, they're not like, Oh, she's going to charge me for this phone call. You know, it's just, they get to kind of finish the job properly and, and feel more at ease. And, and speaking of which, so um, you start a clock for all phone calls and all emails that happen? Um, no, not at all. Like um, sometimes, like most of the time I actually don't even charge for, you know, if it's a quick phone call or a quick email. Um, but if the client, you know, calls me five times during the day for, you know, 10 minutes each, then I usually will just put down, you know, half an hour or something of phone calls. Or if yeah. I have a full, like, hour-long conversation about your millwork with you on the phone like I'm going to charge you for that but if it's just like quick things or I'm just responding to an email I don't do that gotcha um okay what what when you first started your own business and you were like billing right did you ever have like those moments where you were scared to hit send on the invoice or on the proposal because the number was just scary 
<laughs> yes, definitely. Especially when you're starting too, and you just like, you like need that job yeah. <laughs> or you need to like send it, but you want to get it, but you're too afraid it's too high and yeah. someone else will get it. Um, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think if, if it's a proposal, um, I think in the beginning I was more apt to like, to cut it down just to, to try and, you know, get that work or get that relationship and get that referral. Um, whereas now, like I'm, again, I'm pretty honest with my clients. And if I don't think that I can, you know, do it in, in your budget, then I don't want to say I can do it and then, you know, be over on my hours because I do charge hourly. Or if I charge for a project, I don't want to feel like I have to come to your house every day and chat with you about, you know, your dog or something because you know that you're not paying me by the hour. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, so yeah, it's, I, I think I'm just pretty open now. Like I've learned from that and I'm just like, you know, here's the hours. This is how much it's going to take me. And, and unfortunately I can't, you know, I, I, I always work with people if I can, but if I know that we're just going to go over and I can't do it, I, I'm going to just say that. Um, so, so now I'm a little bit, not as scared to just like send the proposal and I'm always open with my clients like if you have any questions or if you if it's over your budget like I'm always up for talking and seeing what we can do and because we bill by the hour maybe you know they take on picking their appliances or some of these things to kind of get us to where they want to be so sometimes there's that conversation and then in terms of like sending invoices yeah sometimes you're just kind of like I don't know how this is going to go but this is the amount of hours that was spent (laughs) especially client just going over and over and you know asking a lot more like sometimes scope creep happens and we're very you know we tell our clients all the time like this wasn't included but we can do it for you but it's going to take this many hours so I haven't really had an issue to be honest because we are that upfront with people and if scope creep happens we're very you know into telling you that that's happening yeah (laughs) doing it and then you know sending an invoice later so mm-hmm. I haven't had too many, too many issues with it, but yeah, definitely had that feeling. <laughs> for sure. So what is your process like for, okay, you've, you've signed a client on and I mean, do you kind of follow Kimberly Selden's like 15 step process? Um, a little bit. Uh, to be honest, I haven't looked too much into it. Okay. So, I mean, you, so you have your kickoff or whatever. What does your process look like as far as identifying the client's style and aesthetic for, you know, what they want the space to look like in order for it to kind of meet their own goals? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We do um, a client questionnaire. So we um, have a whole bunch of random questions on there. Like some are like, what's your favorite restaurant in Toronto? What's your favorite hotel around the world? things like that. And that just gives us kind of this idea of like the spaces that they like to be in. So they don't necessarily want their house to look like that. But for instance, we just had a client who every single space that she sent back to us, hotels and restaurants and stuff, they all had like soft LED strip lighting at like baseboards and ceilings and stuff. So, and a lot of like wood, which is totally not really what she described. Like she's like, I want all white. I want this. I want that. But every space just had this wood and and this lighting. And so we ended up like kind of bringing that up to her. And she's like, yeah, that's totally true. I, I do really like that. So now we have, you know, in their study, we have some wood, which she never thought that she would want, but she's so happy about that. So um, I think it's just having that client questionnaire and we, some questions that we have on there are what are like four words that you want people to describe your house with? Um, is your house for you or is it for guests? Because some people just entertain all the time and, 
and they're never home, but it's really just for their friends. And some people it's just for them and they don't care what anyone else thinks and, and it's just for them. And so we ask all those kind of questions and, and we ask what your favorite um, piece of clothing is in your closet. And like one, one woman said a nice tailored suit. And it was so, it was, it was like so true to her. Like she was so tailored and she was so well put together. And it was just so funny that that was like her answer and her yeah. whole home just like was that when it was done, like it was so tailored. And so, yeah, we start with that client questionnaire and um, we get all that information. And then we sit down just with the floor plans and we go through like how they're going to use their kitchen. Um, if they have kids, we get their ages and what they're into um, oftentimes we'll go meet with them at their current home to just see how they're using it and how they're moving through it and how they use their spaces. Um, do they need a lot of storage? Do they not? So we do all of that work up front before we start um, drawing anything so that when we actually draw, we're drawing exactly what they want. Because I always say like to clients, you can't tell me halfway through your house is built that you want to put a baby grand piano in yeah. your family room. And you didn't tell me that in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, you know, we've had clients halfway through, they're like, oh, all three of my kids play piano and we're getting a baby grand. I'm like, uh, we've already ordered all your furniture. Yeah, that, that's so. happened to me. Not a baby grand, but a piano. It's like, um. Yeah, it's not yeah, a small thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so, so, okay. The first thing you do is they have, they fill the questionnaire. Then you sit down and look at the floor plans and discuss like some of the must-haves on that front. Uh, Mm -hmm. then you might go to their home. Do you have like a step where you show some inspiration photos of like, okay, we're thinking maybe like a marble countertop, marble backsplash, uh, this type of hardware. Like what, is there an inspiration session that takes place? Yeah, definitely. Sorry. So after the, the, um, questionnaire and typically after we actually sit down with them as well, just to make sure we know like what they actually need for function first, um, then we sit down and do kind of an inspiration board. And in our client questionnaire, there is a, a link. I have a Pinterest board where we have a bunch of pictures and we basically just say to them, pick like 10 photos from this board that you love and 10 photos that you dislike. So that way we kind of get to know like what they like. And a lot of my clients too, they'll, the, when they call us, they're like, I like this project on your website or I like this project. So we kind of already know like their style a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, and then, yeah, we would do the, the inspiration boards once we get a little bit more information. And, and that's kind of the final step before we start um, any CAD drawings is just having that meeting with the inspiration boards. And then, and then the next step would be you do your CAD drawings and then you finalize like the actual drawings themselves. And then once that's approved, you would then go and select the finishes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, CAD, CAD drawings would kind of get started. So we start with looking at them kind of architecturally. So making sure that, you know, doorways are wide enough or that there's enough room for casing or that the right size tub is kind of in there for the size of home. And then we would go out and pick plumbing and tiles are our first thing. So we know if you want a wall mount faucet or if you want a vessel sink, we would draw that into the drawings. We would also pick your fireplaces and appliances first. So that, again, we know what we're drawing into the kitchen. Um, so that kind of gets done um, before we would start any of like the, the crazy, like, you know, millwork drawing. So we would do some floor plan space planning. So we kind of know, okay, this is kind of the size range that will fit. This is the size fridge that will fit. And this is kind of the size vanity and the size sinks and stuff. And then we would go out and pick that. And then we would do final millwork drawings. Um, so those are kind of the four first things that we would pick. And then we do the millwork drawings. And then once we start electrical, we would go out and pick 
um, some lighting fixtures with you and then make sure that we have that in our electrical plans and stuff like that. So it kind of gets done like together, to be honest, like some sourcing gets done and we do some drawings and then we go out and source something else and then we do those drawings. Okay. Okay. So we're kind of gearing up here to on an hour, which is amazing. So <laughs> last question is what is, since starting your own business, what's been like maybe a mistake that's happened or, you know, client experience that didn't maybe go according to plan and like what did you learn from that was the biggest learning yeah um I had one client who who was um I would say on the more difficult side (laughs) and um I think what I learned from that is like I just kept trying and trying and um you know kept just trying to reselect things and they just still wouldn't like that. And then I would reselect something else and they still wouldn't like that. And they weren't, I think the problem was at the very beginning, they never filled out the client questionnaire. They said they were too busy. They would never really come out shopping with me. They were always too busy. And I feel like I learned from that, that, you know, maybe it just doesn't work sometimes. And, and I was trying to hold on. So I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, again, it's like becomes a challenge for me. So I'm like, I want to do a great job on your house and I just want to make it perfect for you. But at the end of the day, like sometimes you're maybe just not going to vibe with someone. And if that's happened one time in the last, you know, three years of having my, my company, I think it's pretty good. And I think that I learned from that, that I would have just said goodbye a lot. You know, I finished the job, but I would have maybe said it sooner. And I would have maybe just said, maybe another designer would be best for you because you know, if, if I always say like, if you're not going to put in the time to that, that Mm -hmm. client questionnaire and you're not going to put in the time to meet with me, then I don't know, like either you give off that, that, you know, responsibility to someone and you just don't care. And you just say, I trust you just do my house. I don't have time to to do it. Or, Or like, you can't, you can't be half in and half out. Like you can't say you're too busy, but then, you know, complain if you don't like something. Yeah. Yeah. Or we order stuff and it would come in and they would say they hate it. I'm like, well, you signed off on it. And they're like, well, I didn't know how to read the drawings. So it's like, well, we had meetings, we sat down. Like, I I felt like I had done everything on my end to show them what it would look like and to like 3D renderings and showing them sample boards. And so I think I learned from that just to, well, first of all, I learned to be super organized, just. And, and I also learned how people take information. So maybe people don't see it how we see it, you know? So you have to be so black and white with it and very clear and put everything into like a power presentation or something to, to make them see it or 3D rendering. So definitely developed that a lot more, which was great. Um, but also just knowing maybe it's just not working out, you know? Yeah. And sometimes that happens and learning from that. Do you, do you find that you now are able, like there's a few things maybe if you're on a call or you get an email inquiry that you would consider possibly like a red flag that would maybe put you on high alert, like, okay, I need to really identify whether this is a client I need to work on because of these red flags? Yeah, I think it would be like that same thing where if, if they don't even have time to do that client questionnaire, it's a little bit of a red flag to me because that takes maybe 15 minutes to do. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have 15 minutes to invest in your home that I'm going to work a year on, <laughs> yeah. then we might not have time to do this right now. So, yeah. and if, if it's not that important to you, then, then it's, it's a little bit of a red flag, you know? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Okay. And you said something that I want to ask about. You said if they don't have time to come shopping with me, what do you mean by that? What point are they shopping with you? So if we're going to go pick plumbing fixtures, so usually I combine plumbing and tiles together. So we can usually get it all done in one appointment. And I know people are busy. So I'm like, I don't want you to have to come back out again. So um, yeah, 9 p.m. I'm like, come on, the stores aren't even open at 9 p.m. <laughs> like if you can't make time, you know, during the day, then, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it might not, not work out, you know, like, um, it's, uh, yeah, they, they just, I feel like people just have to take like four hours out of a day one day because they're building their dream home and they want it to be right. And you have yeah. to put that time in, you know? And, and so what you're saying is you do, you, my question was kind of like, they're meeting you and you're picking them together or are you going to a showroom beforehand, pre-selecting some items that you want to take them through in the showroom so that you can make new decisions if need be? Or what does, what do those shopping like plumbing tile days look like? So we would have a list done ahead of time, just based on their floor plans, like what size tub they're going to have, um, what size sinks they're going to have, things like my clients. I find it's the most effective because I feel like nowadays with, with internet and Pinterest and all this stuff, everyone thinks that they perfect sink or the perfect this or that, or they'll just keep looking. If you just show them one sink, they just keep trying to find another sink. So I find when we go out to the store, it's like, here is like every single sink that you can ever imagine. Now let's pick our favorite. And then they just know that that that's the one that they want. You know, they know that they've seen all the other options and we just move on. So I find that most effective. I, I'm, Rarely we'll go back and forth. Um, we just usually pick it. We move on. And 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 I've had clients say, I'm going to go myself. And I'm going to look at plumbing myself first. And they call me and they're like, I was so overwhelmed. Like, I can't yeah. do this. So I'm like, yeah, that usually happens. We'll go together. And then we go and we narrow it down based on price. We narrow it down based on style. Like, we just have all the background of why you would pick this sink and not that sink. And why you would spend on that and not that. So I find our clients just find it very valuable to just go out, they pick, and then they just don't think about it again. They have busy lives. They move on. We type up our list. We get it priced. We move on to. Got it. And then with tile, you basically say, okay, we're based on the style we're after. This might be the showroom we're going to meet at. Um, we're going to look at tile and start pulling for various elements in your home. Yeah. And then it's like, do you want marble or do you want porcelain? Because I tell them about the durability of each of them. Like it's kind of also like an educational thing and you're there and they're in front of all of it. So again, they, they're like, okay, I want something durable. I'm like, okay, then we go over to the porcelains and we pick the one that they like and they see all of them. So they know that that's the one that they actually really like. And I'm, I'm curious, like, okay, like going back to the plumbing, do you like to just stick to, okay, we go to one showroom, like we're not going to showroom hop, like we're going to stick here, we're going to find most of what we need here to keep things efficient? Yeah, and usually our builders will give us like a budget to start with as well. So we know right away if if it's like a, a higher end shopping experience or something a little bit more mid-range or if we're on a budget. So um, we also give that to our sales rep ahead of time so that he's not showing us like a thousand dollar faucet when we can only afford like a $500 faucet. Gotcha. So that way we kind of know what we're looking for. So yeah, we don't really showroom hop because we go and they see that they have everything within their price point and, and we've chosen that store due to their price point. So, so yeah, we, and usually like our sales reps are pretty good too about like if our client goes somewhere else and like, well, we found it here for like a lot cheaper 
then our showings, people will be like, then order it there. Like we're, we're, they're like, we're giving you the best deal. And most times they'll come back to us and they'll be like, yeah, it wasn't the same product. And we're like, yeah, we know because <laughs> we are giving like the best deal. So, um, and that's why we use the showrooms that we use and we know the budget so well, we're taking someone there for a reason. So typically we just go and we order right from there because our clients see that even if they go around on their own, they're not getting a better deal anywhere else. Right. Okay. So one last question and it was cause I, I did bring up the IDS booth that you did. Can you tell everybody a little bit about like, how did that opportunity come to you? Did you reach out to them? Did someone reach out to you? And how was that experience for you? Like, would you do it again? Oh yeah, it was so fun. So I always say that we have like these passion projects that we take on, which like I said, we, we might not make money on, but they're just so fun. Yeah. <laughs> and this was definitely one of them. We just, uh, it was so fun. So basically um, IDS actually reached out to us and they asked if we'd be interested in collaborating with three other design firms in the city to do this. And um, at the time I had just hired a girl at my office who came from more of a commercial background. And she said she loved doing this kind of stuff. So I said to her, look, like I don't have time, but if you want to take this on, like it's going to be super fun. And I think it'll get us some good exposure. Let's do it. So she's like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. She was like totally on board. So um, we started in November and we were done January 15th because the show was that week and it was crazy uh, it was over the holidays as well. So a lot of the tradespeople were like not available. So it was a little bit hectic and crazy, but we got it done. And um, yeah, basically it was um, it was partnered with a giant container. So they provided us with the container and built it uh, out for us. And we worked with a local builder, Nobility Homes, who, who framed it and built it. And we worked with um, a bunch of the trades to help us get it done. And um, yeah, it was... It was how we work, play, live, and learn with today's technology. So Microsoft, uh, we also partnered with them, and they powered the whole booth up with any technology that we wanted. And we got to choose what we wanted. So whether you wanted work, play, live, or learn, and we chose play. And we did that because we didn't want to do live because we do residential mostly, and we do a little bit of offices. We didn't want to do work. We wanted to do something different to like challenge ourselves. So we did play, and um, we made like a kind of a fun playhouse, like a basement. Uh, rec room, adult, you know, somewhere where maybe the guys would go play poker or maybe the girls would have wine and watch a movie or whatever, like just the high-end kind of like playhouse. And uh, it was so much fun to do. And we just made it a lot different than anything we've done. And and the people who came out to like support us were, it was just so fun. So it was just kind of a good passion project to do. Yeah, it was really, really cool. I it, it was a really awesome booth and you had macaroons that people could <laughs> actually put their, like I put my logo on it. Yeah, we had like a laser printer. Yeah, that was, was so kind of thanks awesome. to Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, so amazing. And tell everybody where, because they can find that if people are interested to go check it out, uh, it's on Instagram, right? You you created like its own Instagram profile yeah yeah so um i mean you can also find it even just like on our instagram so um like at harrison uh Faye design and you can also i think it's hf playhouse so if you just search for hf playhouse um it'll come up yeah it was really cool so okay thank you so much for doing this i really appreciate it why don't yeah, you know no problem um we okay so we already know your instagram tell everybody your website so they can go check you out Oh, before that, how that, when did you launch your Instagram and how do you have 11, what, 12? She's got like 12K. What did you do? Yeah, have, how did you do I, this? 
literally have no idea how that happened. But um, I think, well, I, I always say, I never say no. I always say yes to everything, including like the IDS thing and just like some crazy stuff that comes up. I'm always just like, yes, yes. So I think like just having your name out there is, um, it just like gets your exposure out there. And um, we are just doing a project in New York, which will be like our first out of country project. So like getting mm-hmm. our name out there and just using, using like the hashtags and, and, and I also think just putting up like professional photos, you know, yeah. my, my, my HF Harrison Bay design, um, Instagram is very work related. I don't really put personal stuff on there and I just put, um, a lot of just pretty interiors and, and stuff that we've done. And it's yeah. very much like our work. And I think that people who follow us just appreciate that. And I think that's really how we've kind of gained following and just gotten our name out there. It's really amazing. <laughs> Thank you. You're killing it and I'm not gonna let myself be jealous and instead just hey don't be jealous you're killing it too girl <laughs> oh my god it's so good and you know what else makes me excited is that you I got asked to be I think it was I don't remember two years ago LT Market asked me to be a designer for designer day to which I like shat myself I'm like what <laughs> and you were also um yes with yeah we're, we're fellow LT Market designer day girls yeah <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm in such amazing company. It makes me feel so proud because even um, you, you heard of the show like Canada's Next Designer or whatever. Yeah. Yep. I, I was going to apply for that, but then I decided not to. Um, but what's her name? The girl, was that before or after that show that you, I forget her name. Hold on. What's her name? Yeah. Mar- Marcy, I think. Yeah. So yeah, she was also on the same day. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. She's such a sweetheart. Yes. She really, and she's like so young and doing amazing. Yeah. She's just killing it as well. We're all just, you know, (laughs) I feel like if I could go back and like, I think it's so amazing for people to be able to be doing what they love at such a young age. Cause it, I mean, I'm starting this fairly late in my career, like in, like in my late thirties. And I'm just like, God, if I could have like, if I knew then what I know now, yeah. but at the same time, we all have our journey and maybe things would be different anyways. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I super appreciate it. And hopefully yeah, no problem. in real life again very soon. Yeah, for sure. I would love to. So I can't, I have to feel so wildly grateful for the people, these designers that are agreeing to meet with me. I am so pumped to be talking to more Toronto-based designers, and I am going to keep going after more and more because I want to learn from them specifically because it's very close to home, obviously. Um, But guys, I've got some insane interviews lined up. Like, we are talking some good interviews, including Susan Winterstein, uh, Lindsay Brooke Design. Like, we're talking some big guns, and... I'm pretty freaking pumped about it. So, uh, including I have a, I'm about to get on a podcast uh, interview right now with Gray Oak Studio. So, guys, it's this podcast right now is filling me with so much gratitude because it's truly amazing the people I'm having the opportunity to talk to and learn from. And the feedback I'm getting is so freaking heartwarming. Like, it really lights me up. I'm not going to lie. It fills me with so much, so much joy, pride, and it's, it's helping me keep doing this. So I am so sincerely grateful for all of your kind words. And of course your reviews, which by the way, you should totally leave me one. Um, 
Go check me out on Facebook. Uh, follow my journey there, business homies. Uh, I'm thinking of rebranding in the near future, so I am open to ideas. If, if you want to DM me ideas or, or message me in the group, but um, new branding to come. But for now, business, business homies will remain. Uh, that's all I got for now, guys. I will see you guys next week. Bye, homies.